Today's scripture is from Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. But when the, time, when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Amen, amen. Thank you, Mr. Brian. As a church, I'm so grateful to be here, and I'm grateful that you are here, too, as we continue with the sermon series of Who Needs Christmas? Now, the theme today is going to say that God needed Christmas to demonstrate his love. So before we go and break down the scripture reference, I do want to share with you, especially those who are here for the very first time, in your programs, you notice on the right-hand side, there's some fill-in-the-blanks. The answers to those fill-ins will be up on the screen during my sermon today. So God needed Christmas to demonstrate his love. But before we go and break that down and just a little bit of recap of what took place last week, we talked about the theme that the entire world needed Christmas and how God was able to make a covenant promise with Abraham 2,000 years before the promise was actually came in reality, and that is through Mary, through the virgin birth of Jesus. And that time when she was uh, mentioned that she was uh, pregnant, uh, Joseph wanted to uh, get away and just leave her, you know, and quietly. But here in the dream, the angel of the Lord came to Joseph and says, don't leave her. For the child that she has is conceived by the Holy Spirit, and you are to name him Jesus, knowing that God is with us. So in the midst of all that, just not only did the entire world need Christmas, it's also, in a sense, for us to understand that God needed Christmas. So that's our first point today. God needed Christmas. He wanted to show how one uh, sign and the covenant and the promise that he made, it took time for him to get there. And here it was on the night when Jesus was born. But the Bible here in the book of Galatians if you, follow, if you want to follow along and just repeat the words that was just mentioned, on verse 4, it says, but when the right time came, God sent his son. Now, let me pause there for a moment and break it down a little bit. The right time. It was the right time. Sometimes we plan things out. We schedule things. And we know from one point at 1030, for example, in this service, you know that it's going to start on time and things on there. And if it doesn't start on time, you, you know, some of, some of you may be looking at your watches like, what's going on here and there? I, I, I got to get out of here. I got I to gotta, I gotta do my lunch or I got people to see later on today. I, whatever it may be, just giving you an example. But sometimes we set up our schedules, we set up planners, and then what happens when it doesn't take place? What happens when your ideas, when your timing is off? People, also Christians, and children of God, go and they get, you know, disappointed. And apart from disappointed, you may get uh, uh, despondent, you get depressed because, oh, it didn't happen when I thought it was going to happen. Or it didn't happen when I knew and I really felt it was going to happen. But guess what? The Bible here says that when it was the right time, I'm going to say it again, when it was the right time, which is God's time, he sent his son. Some of us may even ask, you know, why did God take so long? You know, so yeah, and, and we can ask those type of questions, but I prayerfully that you understand when you read the scripture here, when it was the right time. Maybe you're still waiting on something because you thought it was going to happen already, but here, God, if it's God's will, it will happen, but not necessarily in your timing. You see, when it happens, 
and prayerfully that if it does happen, if it is God's will, it is the right time. Because God knows what we need. We may not have received what we want, but God knows what we need. So the Bible says here he was, uh, his son was born of a woman subject to the law. You see, the law, the Old Testament, you know, you, talk, you hear about the, 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 uh, uh, the Ten Commandments. You hear about the other things that go about. And if you remember in the scripture reference of Matthew, I believe it was verse uh, chapter 22, an expert of the law came to Jesus trying to trap him. And he says, you know, Jesus, you know, what, uh, what's the greatest commandment in the law of Moses? And what did Jesus respond with? Well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And the second one is just as important, to love thy neighbor as yourself. Here, this new covenant and commandment that, that, that Jesus came about, he didn't go and abolish the, the law. He came and he wanted to fulfill it. He wanted others to receive it and not just receive it but apply it in their lives. Because God knew that as he gave the law, as he gave the rules, people still had them, but they continued to fall short of God's glory. They continued to fall short of his will. And guess what? It's no different today. We have the word of God written in front of us, but we can read it, but if we don't apply it, it's something else. And so we must understand that as we come before God's presence and understand why this Christmas, who needs Christmas, we understand that God needed Christmas. On verse 5, it continues saying that God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law. You see, it was based on what if, if I did this, if I did that, oh man, I didn't do this part. And therefore, you fell into that guilt, that condemnation. But the Bible also says in Romans, you know, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But God wanted us to provide that grace to know to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. And also don't forget to love thy neighbor, which is great because we have that theme of being for our neighbors here in this church. The freedom from that law. So that he could adopt, the, uh, the verse continues, that he could adopt us as his very own children. So it leads us into the second point of day that God didn't just want people to behave. He wanted people to know him. The Bible here in verse 5 is talking about how God wanted us to be his children. He wanted to adopt us. That should speak volumes to those of us who feel lonely, those who feel depressed, those who feel like no one loves us and despised and on the marginal lines of other being not able to communicate with God or being close to God. The Bible is saying here that God wants to adopt us as his own children. So it's not just going by the laws, not by going just by the rules, but also knowing him. And how do you know, get to know him? You get to know him by building that relationship, just knowing that he loves you so much that he wants to receive you and adopt you as his children. Romans 5 verse 8 says, but God showed us his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. I don't know about you, but that always thrilled me. Knowing that, my goodness, God still sent his son even when I was still a sinner, 
But point three today is that before we even knew God sent Jesus into the world, Jesus died for us. The founder of United Methodism, John Wesley, was talking about the graces. And, and uh, one of them, the very first one, talked about prevenient grace. That meant a grace that was received before we even knew God. Before we even came to know Jesus. It's that grace that is provided. The grace that you and I have today, even if we don't have that close relationship with God, that he still loves you. He wants to adopt you as his child. He wants you to get to know him. And for us to know that even before we even got to know Jesus, before we even got to really accept him into our hearts as our Lord and our Savior, God still loved us. In the first book of uh, John, chapter 4, verse 19, it says that we love God because what? He first loved us. Love is sacrificial, and sometimes you will understand or realize how much someone loves you when it is based on how much of a sacrifice they are giving for you. That sacrifice was through Jesus. You see, when in the back in the beginning, when I was mentioned last week, was that when Adam and Eve uh, uh, ate of that forbidden fruit that God had forbidden them not to eat, Alongside of that, in that Garden of Eden, when there were so many blessings, there was also a tree of life. So maybe in a questions that you probably asking, why did God take so long from the moment that the, the, the fall of man and woman to using the covenant with Abraham to then 2,000 years later, here comes the promise through Jesus Christ, his son. What, why, why didn't he just right away give them that tree of life? And one of the things I want to share with you is that we do have that tree of life that we're able to just go ahead and grab, and, and that is through the cross. That life, the one that gives you life is Jesus, his son. The Bible in the book of John 3.16, and you probably already memorized it, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for those that believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Believing in Jesus, believing in God, believing in our precious Holy Spirit that combines us and unites us. So even before we even knew that Jesus sent, uh, 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 God sent Jesus into the world, Jesus died for us. God is the author of life. God is the author, author of your life. As sophisticated that it could, or complicated that it may be, God loves you. Sometimes in our very own bodies, we don't know how it, how it functions, what is going on, and we're still trying to find out in, in the medical field. When you dishonor the source of life, you dishonor the author of life, God the creator. So we have that option. We have the, so close to be there at the tree of life. To have and to experience life, to love life and, and live it in abundance. But no, we just rather hear about it sometimes. Something that will just tickle our ears and just make us feel good. There is a sacrifice when you love. And no greater sacrifice, no greater love that we have than what God has done for us as He sent His Son Jesus. So God needed Christmas to show that He wanted to make it personal. 
not just by, by words, not, but he wanted, he sent his son here into this world in an unconventional way for you and for me. God had to be with us so that we would know that he is for us. We needed a demonstration, not just by words, but a demonstration, and that's why God needed Christmas. Here's that sign. And we have the privilege, we have the honor to hear this message. We have every year, we don't know what's sometimes what happened early on in the year, and especially this year, I thought it went by so quickly. But even years before that, there are things that happen in history that we may even forget about. But isn't that something that every year churches get packed to hear about this story? The story of the birth of Christ. And to fully try and try to understand why. You see, the story was really about for us, for you and for me. That God sent his son for you. That there was a sacrifice. His blood was shed for our sins. That means for you and for me. God needed Christmas. And sometimes we don't understand why. We ask God why. There's a song I found that, you know, I, I sang it uh, earlier today and in the other two services, but I didn't know who it was. And at the end of the service today, uh, there were f- a few folks who said it was Andre, uh, Andre Crouch. Uh, I don't know why Jesus loved me. And I want to be able to share those words with you here. It says, I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he cared. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad, so glad he did. So glad, so glad he did. In the midst of your questioning, brothers and sisters, why God? We have to realize, ladies and gentlemen, that in order to experience that Easter, in order to experience and, and hear about the death and resurrection, we come together into the Christmas time, this Advent season, to know that there had to be a birth. There needs to be a birth before there is a death. When we look at Christ, God needed Christmas for you and for me, and that's what this story is about. You may hear about other stories in the Bible here and there, but in reality, here it comes. Here we are today. That story is for us. We don't know why Jesus will love us. We don't know why he would care. We don't know why he would sacrifice his life. But can't we say, oh, but I'm glad. So glad he did. And in appreciation, give all that you can, all that you have, for the God who gave you life. Let us pray. Most gracious God, most giving God, 